You're listening to Stagger Cast, brought to you by Stagger Gear. All right, welcome back to another episode of StaggerCast. This is episode number 14 now. And to kind of preface this before we dive into it, we've been getting a lot of requests and recommendations that you guys wanted a main episode, main deer hunt, main tracking. So we're doing that today. So we put our heads together and we said, who should we uh, get on for our special guest this episode? And we are sitting down with Rodney Elmer, the yes. pretty prominent figure in main hunting in the recent years and stuff. So you've been doing it for a while. Well, yeah, I want to say 26 or 27 years of going yeah. up there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. so yep. you know a thing or two about Maine, just a little bit. <laughs> Eventually, you're, you, you should learn in 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> you figure pick a few things up. When did, uh, when did you start hunting in Maine? Was it, what year was it, you said? Oh, boy. It had to be in the 90s, early 90s, Yeah. Um, and been kind of ever since. Um, been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. It got me out of my little Vermont, you know, backyard stuff, and I just started walking up to them giant chunks of wood and scratching my head and saying okay let's go figure this out yeah and in the beginning i only had a short while to go most of the time it was only a, a week or so yeah so if somebody can only hunt a week in maine and, and you you have snow or, or maybe just two weather patterns that all you've got is a week is usually two weather patterns each yep. weather pattern lasts three days so yep. if you didn't happen to get snow and you only had a week boy you were just out there flip-flopping and yeah. hoping you ran into something <laughs> it's but, the way it goes it seems like up there you know, was there more snow back then would you say than there is now because it seems like the last few years it was it's really been spotty but was it the same back then too yeah kind of yeah, just by yeah. chance some sometimes that other. first week would have some snow you know a little dumping in the beginning then warm back up or melt off and then yep. later on some more would come you know usually from the 15th on there'd be a little bit somewhere and then you know thanksgiving time on it would come and we'd pray it wasn't too much yep. and pray it didn't happen first thing in the morning <laughs> you know that kind of stuff oh, yeah. But yeah yeah it was always fun we also selected like the mountains we wanted to be in places where the snow hit first yep and in New England, it's Mount Washington, Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, and the Kennebagos, right? In yep. western Maine is the first places for snow to hit. You know, the air comes across a Canadian, you know, Quebec flat right there. And as soon as it hits those first mountains, it starts dumping snow. And the second mountain range on the eastern side is where there's really snow. So yep. that's, that's the first place to, you want to head for. You yep. know, no matter whether you're out west or wherever you are, you know, on the... The east side, if the weather goes west to east, the east side's going to have the most snow, and that's where the big boys are going to live. Yeah, I thought it would be big. Yeah, I remember you talking. Uh, I can't remember it was a podcast or a video. You said you started way up north when you started Maine, hunting in Maine, right? Yeah, and yeah. We went up to the Golden Road and, and north of that up to Baker Lake and stuff like that, and went up quite a ways, and um, we we ended up like not liking it because you had to drive nine, 10, 11 hours to get up there mm. and drive through nine, 10 or 11 hours of really good deer hunting to get to more good deer hunting way up there. So what's the point now? Yeah. So just we, pull over like, right. Yeah. So it's like, no, let's just go down here someplace. Yeah. So not the other thing too, is as we research it over time and started that, the biggest bucks in Maine um, would come out and say the, the township where the deer was shot and I started keeping this map and keeping track of where they all came from mm -hmm. and the numbers per township were a lot higher in down on in western part versus way up north even though up north had quite a few um and the occasional 270 280 mm -hmm. you know every now and then you'd run into them giants up yeah. there and even big racks to boot sometimes mm -hmm. you know to go with the weight 
but the numbers of 200 pounders were always better where the snow was consistent and deep and really bad winters you yep. know that's where the big body deer live it and the doe heavy. had to be huge yeah mm-hmm. had to you be know. heavy they oh yeah. die yeah yeah yep. <laughs> you think the hunting's gotten better or worse since the 90s up in maine well, we had that low in the, what, 2010, 9, 10, 7, where it was real, it right? was tough, you know, and that really put a, that put a hurting on things. Um, and there were two or three bad winters in a row, and you, you could definitely tell. They didn't all die, but boy, up in the mountains and far away from wherever they wintered, they just weren't there anymore, and most of them. It takes a while for that population to move back up, and especially the does that like to live at high elevation and stay there. It takes a while for the ones in the bottom, for a few of those to spread out and slowly work their way back up into those mountains and want to be there, mm-hmm. you know, versus have to be there kind of thing. But yeah. Um, that that was definitely a deal other than that everything's about the same yep. you know if anything i would say in the last 10 years we've we haven't had any real super slammers so the fawn crops are big i'm uh, seeing that in vermont in the shop right big fawn crops mean lots of older bucks later on mm-hmm. right when when you four years from now that four-year-old you're looking for was came from a big fawn crop back then there's going to be more of them mm-hmm. that's straight up it's yep. just that's just the way that works yep. so as soon as you get them bad winters three years later you're not going to find a three-year-old mm-hmm. right so if you're mm-hmm. looking for three or four-year-olds go back and look at what the weather was back then and how much it affected it yeah essentially like a pyramid you're your biggest base of deer is going to be the younger ones, right? And then right. work your way up. And then yes. if you just wipe off the whole bottom, then you're starting over again. Button bucks have to be the largest segment of bucks on the land. Yep. You know, as numbers-wise. And then one and a half, two and a half, like a pyramid. Yep. In Vermont, right, we, we go from right down to this little flagpole all the way up to <laughs> like three bucks that were 14 years old, right, in the whole state. Right? Yeah. And they send in the teeth. So, like, there's this little pyramid flagpole kind of thing going on where some of our dough, our dough pyramid probably goes up to 22. We had a 22-year-old. Oh, yeah, you know, and it's that. probably fairly even, at least up to 10 years old. It's a fairly even, beautiful kind of graph, mm-hmm. you know, a pyramid that you could look at. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we go any farther, I almost forgot to introduce. So tonight we got an extra special co-host tonight, Greg Gove. He's sitting in with us. He's been a big help with Stagger and stuff. And uh, you guys know each other from back in the day, right? Oh, definitely. Oh, One yeah. of his best customers. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. For a long while there. Yeah. We were yeah. counting uh, the other night, I think, between my kid, my father-in-law, and me. We have 19 different animals or projects that you've done for us over the years. So. Yeah. It, you come to my house, it's like old home days. <laughs> so you've yeah. done everything from a four-inch ermine up to a 53-inch bull moose for me. So it's it, you've done a great job, and preserving those memories is just, that's what it's all about. I just always picture myself as an old man sitting in, sitting in my trophy room, just looking <laughs> at the mounts and enjoying myself. So it's, it's great. can't beat that, for sure. Uh, so another segment we do, which I kind of told you about, is the shameless stat segment. Gives people an idea on, because people like to see some numbers. They like to see the 200-pounders yeah. and the racks and stuff. So why don't you hit us with some numbers on uh, your heaviest buck and the number of 200-pounders. 125 pounds clean. Oh, you're <laughs> talking about <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've probably got one of them in there somewhere. <laughs> Overall, I, I like there are tons of people that have shot way more deer and, and a lot more bigger, better deer. There ain't no question. And, and um, I want to say I'm probably at 10 or or 11 or somewhere in there um 200 pounders and um for a while there i was 
doing it fairly consistent, like five out of, I get five in 10 years that were 200 pounds when I was only hunting for a week. That's, mm-hmm. and, That's and impressive. That, that was pretty good. I had some guys tell me that was pretty good. Like Mike Poland, right? He's like, oh, yeah. man, that's awesome. To be able to do that in a week, you're really giving it some. The other thing is uh, like 200 pounders are not always 200 pounders, right? <laughs> you know, if you get them later in the season, man, he's 193 or something like that. Yeah. So like that part of it is a little bit different. And it changes so drastically, like seven pounds. They can easily lose seven pounds a week. So, you know, in the course of four or five weeks, all of a sudden things have changed quite a bit. But that magic number that everybody wants to get, that 200 pounds, is really something. Um, uh, Pete uh, Wheatley used to come to our camp pretty steady, and he still goes to Maine some. Um, he's moved a few times and whatnot. But he had the camp record at 235. And uh, then I ended up shooting um, – a, a 235 and a half <laughs> he will not give that that camp record up to me <laughs> he oh. said no no it's not happening if it ain't 36 you can't round up <laughs> so so the 235 is is pretty much and i i give that to him and i i call it what it is and i say yeah that's fine and 235 has been my heaviest um and and a nine-year-old has been my oldest i've shot a nine and a half year old and same with taylor he shot a nine and a half year old that's and, impressive so those are our two oldest bucks. And then in general, most of them have come within probably a 10-mile circle. Really? Most all of them deer have come within a 10-mile circle, you know, radius-wise, you know, as a crow flies. Um, so that's been interesting. And then there's been all kinds of lighter ones and just, you know, don't have much time or never get any snow or stuff like that over the years. Um, I'm probably, boy, I, I kind of lost count a little while ago. I, I stopped keeping track, kind of. Not so much because numbers are numbers. They're arbitrary. Yeah. They don't really mean much. But I'm probably in the 50, working on 60 deer, yep. you know, total, somewhere in there. Um, I probably let go a couple hundred. Yep. You know, a lot of um, bucks. Yeah. So there's been quite a few of them where I've like, no. And especially lately, there's been a lot of them where I just like, no, I'm not going to mess with that. But, yep. um, and now I'm kind of more hunting legends, mm-hmm. right? A buck that I know is four, five, six years old that we've really been after for a while. We've really educated and he's something. Everybody. See, that's the other thing is I'm doing it on land that everybody can hunt and everybody does hunt. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to see 30 trucks a day. Nothing is you, you drive out Timpon Road and you will see 30 trucks oh, in yeah. a day, right? Yep. It used to be a lot more over the years that has changed, and there's not quite as many. Um, hmm. and a lot of the older guys that were a little older than me are now out of it, like my dad's age kind of stuff, they're out of it, or they're still in the truck and not too much in the woods. Mm-hmm. And there's fewer of you guys, right? So that is that has changed some right there a little bit but i think um in general it's been fun and i've learned a lot from it i'm glad i did it uh it doesn't have to be 200 pounds but i like it that's the number (laughs) i seem to like and and racks are great when they're huge oh yeah and i'll take it but you know even that really don't matter all that much i've kind of faded away from that the the filming in the channel has really got us into more of the video making and that kind of stuff more than hunting the experience and and the adventure yeah, yeah. i i, I kind of like that and creating something 
so that when you get done, it's, it's something cool. Memorable. Great yeah. memories. And it's not so much about trying to teach other people stuff, even though, like, when they ask questions, I don't mind answering them. It's more of, like, I, I wish I knew my great-grandfather, mm. what he sounded like, what he talked like, what he did, his mannerisms, right? This yeah. is going to be a video log of my life. It's your mm-hmm. legacy. Yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways. And, yeah. and when you start experiencing that, you find out it's nothing to do with the deer. Mm. This is a story of you. Mm-hmm. Capturing memories. Those deer, yeah. at, at, yeah. right? Yeah. They bring out the real you. Yeah. yeah. The reason yeah. your videos are so great is because you guys aren't out there pumping your own tires. You're, we're just along for the ride with you. We're just, we're, we're, we're on your shoulder watching and I Good. don't know about that, you guys. That was a plan. Good. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. that's the way it is. Cause that was a plan. And I typically don't watch hunting videos and get, get teary eyed, but I have on a few of your guys's because it just, it's so, it's so great. The family element yeah. to it, you know, and it's really nothing else like it out there right now. So you got, you want to plug the name of your YouTube channel for yeah, people? Yeah, we're uh, Mountain Deer. Um, I had the course of the taxidermy shop and then Taylor's like, well, you've been filming and, and I've got a whole two shelves of high eight tapes and Sony handy cam stuff. I've been filming in the woods for 25 the whole time, just about in Maine. I started filming when you had to have the over the shoulder VHS, that giant camera. When they first came out with them, Teresa got me one of those and I started filming way back then. And it was tough to change some of that over to digital now, but, and the boys have been, I've been filming them since they were like talking. Mm-hmm. So it, it ends up being a history of them as well mm-hmm. and of why we do what we do. And of course our target audience is like 15 to 45. Yeah. And you guys are the, the age class of, people that are interested and i'm humbled that we would be watched in 35 countries that's, that's awesome. incredible no yeah. that's a humbling thing yeah. a yeah. guy from finland says can i use this with moose wow and so we start talking and going back and forth and he's like wow i never even thought of this you know so that's a humbling thing i've i've had people come from west virginia or florida Mm-hmm. And just like walk in the door and it's neat because they kind of mm-hmm. already know you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you appeal to someone else, that's a wonderful thing. It really is. Um, it's not that there aren't some crazies too. <laughs> you, you, you're bound to meet a few people that are just, whoa, dude, go hunting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the point. But it's been a lot of fun. It was Taylor's suggestion to go YouTube style. And I, it was the right move. It was the right move at the right time, and we got into it when it paid well. Mm -hmm. And for now, it still is paying fairly Mm -hmm. well. So that part of it is a little bit of incentive to keep going and cover some of the cost of what you get into it. Yeah, I I detest commercials, and we've never really been sponsored or anything like that. This is just something we do, Mm -hmm. and we always wanted to maintain control of that and just just be ourselves. And and if you don't like it you can turn it off if you do like it great um we we can we don't deer hunt 24 7 we don't think about it 24 7 we're into it when it's time there is the time we don't care right <laughs> you Just guys are busy care. as hell too and, and oh man it, you guys all got your own businesses and everything yeah it's been nuts yeah you know and there's only so much that you can do and when we do do something we want to do something that's really good yep you know something that's really appreciated and and it's something fun and we want to keep it fun. And the second hunting turns into a job, the second 
filming or any of that turns into a job. You have to know when to turn it off. Yep. Right. Yep. And even the filming sometimes we've had to turn it off, right? Because yep. we're too busy being ourselves. We we like to bring everybody along for the ride, but it's by the same token, this is our spare time, and mm-hmm. this is so every now and then, one of us will go. And everybody else reads it and says, "Oh, that's it. We're done." Yep. Tick tick tick. tick. Yep. Right. That it's, preserving it's good your, to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. That preserving your legacy part, though is just thinking i did know my great grandfather and just the other day i was thinking like god i wish i could remember half of them deer stories that he told us 10 times but none of us bothered remember you know we remember pieces but sure that's it that's an incredible thing that your grandkids and their their kids will will have so that's Absolutely. awesome yeah in mm-hmm. in in the long run right you just want to do things that are meaningful mm-hmm. right we do everything for feelings and Make sure you're getting the feelings you want out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's your grandfather's story or his mannerisms and you're picking up and keeping that with you mm-hmm. or that adventure that tracking is, right? Tracking is an adventure. It's an adventure into the unknown. And about anything can happen, let's go see. And am I ready for it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a test on top of that. Mm-hmm. And it's also like an interaction with some non-human intelligence, Mm-hmm. I, I heard that once and I'm like, that is gold right there, right? That's why you love your dog. Mm-hmm. It's a non-human smart thing and I want to interact with it, right? And when something's so big and beautiful, that's what nature is. You want to go out there and interact with it. You want to hands-on, you know, you really do. Not that we can't be conscious, be nice to the world, but by the same token, we belong in it and we need to go and be in it. It's our heaven, in so many ways mm-hmm. and it's fun i love it it's cool <laughs> yeah and there's so much to learn oh yeah you never you're never not learning when you track i mean every time you're on a track you're learning something different for sure it's a giant fractal it is right it just never ends right yeah. it just keeps going and going and that's the part we love about it yeah right yeah right yeah before we kind of dive into some of the specifics of you know how you approach Maine and stuff, um, what percentage of those bucks that you killed over two are those all Maine two hundred pounders, or have you taken any in other states? No, too? everything in Maine. Everything in Maine. Everything in Maine. That's impressive. Yep. That's a, that's yep. a good Vermont, right there. like uh, the one nineties, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that just like come on, <laughs> yep. that two hundred's hard to come by here. Yep. You know you got to work pretty hard for that, and you got to be pretty focused, and you can't be interrupted by anything else. And for most of that twenty five years that we've been going to Maine. I haven't been concentrating on Vermont. Mm-hmm. And if I do hunt Vermont and say you went after a three-year-old in Vermont, like 160 pound plus, you know, three-year-old, if you can consistently go out and get a three-year-old in Vermont, that's almost the same as going up there and shooting a two. Like you have to out. work hard to get a three-year-old around here mm-hmm. and to oh, do yeah. it every year, every year, every year, yeah. you got to give her some. Mm-hmm. And we got a little bit of crap once and I'm like, okay, watch this. We'll come back to Vermont. Right. So we went, we went and, and just like 180, 180, 180, like three in a row, just like that. Okay. So it is possible. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, it's like, nah, I want to go back to Maine because yeah. I see this, right. That giant hoof and it just yeah. excites me so much. The chances of it having a 24 inch neck are really good. And I'd, I'd like to see that, you know, mm-hmm. always been awed by the size of the deer. And that's what I wanted to see. Not to mention, like, I want a smart one. Mm. 
I don't want them idiots, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've met some idiot bucks and yeah. just kind of stand there. And nothing wrong with those deer, but like for me, I'm I'm looking for for a chase. Like Lanny's waterfall buck, mm. right? Yeah. Where he's standing there and that gun is smoking, and he looks across the river and he says, "What are we gonna do now?" <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. You know, that is just that's the kind of hunt I'm looking for. That's the kind of adventure, and and it's different when that one you've been after for four or five years is no longer in those woods anymore. Mm-hmm. You always thought of that spot as that's where he lives. That's the mountain, right? And then when you get there and he's not there anymore, it's like, mm. <laughs> right? the next, try to find the next legend. <laughs> for sure. You know? And even though Taylor's the one that shot him, that's where he came from. That's where he lived. And it wasn't meant for me to get him. It was meant for him to get him, right? Yep. Yep. Nobody else can shoot you deer. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the ones you're supposed to get. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to get the deer they're supposed to shoot. So relax about which one you think you own or you think you need to get. Mm. And just bring that ease into your hunting. And don't get too wound up and just keep trucking. The next thing you know, the one you're supposed to get is standing there, Mm. even if it is that little button buck, right? I try to explain that to someone, especially the real young hunters who come in here, right? And they're like already starting to make excuse for their first deer. Really? They've met dad or grandpa or someone has said well boy it ain't real real big Hmm. and and i say to him look this was the one that was for you it's a good point it's a perfectly good beautiful little button buck or or a little you know spike horn or something like that or a little Mm -hmm. four pointer and he's like well we we know there's a bigger one around but this is the one we ended up with right and and I'm like, no, no, this one was the one that was special. It was just for you. And here it is in your hands. I never met a bad deer. They taste great. Just because they're young doesn't make them bad. Tasting we love young nose. everything else, right? <laughs> yeah. We love young puppies. We love young ducks. We love all kinds of these young things. Why would you not love a young deer? Yeah. No matter what it is. It's just young, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, people looking down on little deer, and it's like, what a shame. What a shame. Yeah, You're missing the big media. picture. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. a lot media. of that social media, I think, that, that kind of twist towards it. Yeah, the peer pressure mm-hmm. and the wanting the attention and to fit in with the, those that you think are a big deal in hunting, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm no expert on anything. I'm an expert on Rodney. That's about <laughs> it, right? <laughs> yeah. And there are tons of people who are way better, but... I, I think that each of us, and the whole point of having a podcast, having a YouTube channel, doing your own thing, the whole point of that is that you become as you move along, right? It's the story of you. Everyone should be bearing witness to the story that they are, right? Mm-hmm. Who you are as a person, you should be. Yeah. You should be telling your story and bearing witness to what you see going on. Yep. And collectively, maybe we can begin to understand it, right? It's nature. Oh, my God. The variables, right? The variables, incredible, right? But this is nature. And by everybody liking to talk to each other, everybody liking to share and bear witness to what they see, now you can cut right to the chase. You go right to the good stuff right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And you can get there quicker and not have to suffer quite so much in the learning. Even though there should be a curve. Yep. I like Donnie Vincent's uh, barrier of entry. He says there needs to be a barrier of entry, right? If I ever think of that guy, those are the words I think of, right? 
because there should be some kind of thing you go through, right? And some people need to struggle. And some people just want a shortcut. Mm -hmm. And some don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. need to earn it a little bit, right? And then when they they finally relax and they finally start reading the equipment and they come out right at the truck and now they're feeling good, right? They needed that struggle. And now they feel good about it and now you learn from it and now you're a better person because of it. That's been the beauty of this whole thing. And us being able to talk and share that is an, is an awesome thing. And, and I can't think of a, like a better replacement for deer camp. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. It's like a giant deer camp that you can go and listen to people all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. There should be a thousand tracking channels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It really should. It'd be cool yeah. if there was. Yeah. There's That's not right. enough content out there. You, Even you though we're that. a small segment of society, right? Tracking. Oh yeah. It's a small Much, audience, yeah. right? Not everybody's allowed to just go roaming around on land all over the place and feel free and wild, right? It's not Texas. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not. But some of the skills and some of the things that you learn through it can help you be a really good person and they can up your confidence and you can walk away more whole than yep. when you went when you started at it. Uh, Dick Bernier would write on. He wrote in the book when I bought it from him when I was your guys' ages. He wrote, "I hope you find yourself on the track." Right? No truer words, because that's exactly what happened. It's not the only like path to manhood, but it was a good one. It was a good one. You know, it's not the only way. Tracking mm-hmm. isn't the only way, but it's a good one, and it has gifts. And so does sitting in the tree stand and freezing to death, right? <laughs> right? When you need to. There's some yeah. gifts there, right? You yeah. learn your tolerance levels. You learn what it is. Mm-hmm. You, you, you pick up on the psychology of it. And I know that's where I am now, right? I'm thinking about why. Why? Why am I doing this? And what good is it? And what good can it do? Mm-hmm. And our YouTube channel has been based on that, basically. You mm-hmm. know? And if people enjoy it and they can pick up something, we want them to. Good. So can you walk me through what you're looking for when you're looking for a big buck track, like specifically, like characteristics? Uh, The bigger the shape and the size of the hoof, the better. Um, I'm also looking for a a long stride. I I want a big deer and big deer or long deer. Mm -hmm. You know, the ones that really weigh up are generally pretty long, especially anything like over 220, they're long. You can count on the, the long stride even when he's walking easy and taking his time versus when he's stretching right along. Uh, the width of the chest, the stagger, of course, is always really good. like to see that. Um, most of the time, the only sign I really need is to see one track somewhere. So I want to yeah. see one great big giant track in the dirt is good enough. There's one that lives here somewhere, right? Just show me one monstrous big hoof print somewhere. Yep. And I'm feeling better instantly. Now we'll start our circling and looking and trying to pin it down a little bit more, trying to find more of them and that kind of stuff. Um, just show me one good big track in the dirt and I'm happy, right? Because something lives there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's what I really want to see. Um, when it comes to snow and it's going to be that day kind of thing, uh, some of it has to do with terrain and what's upcoming, his mood. So like if I pull up to a track on the road and I look down and I walk, if I dare, 
right? Sometimes they're right there. You got to be careful, right? Daylight. You want to be careful. The damn thing might be standing there. I don't know how many times we got out of the truck to look at the track and the buck was standing right there, right? Didn't even notice him crossing the road or whatever. I'll I'll get out and just kind of look at it in the road and I want to see how he behaves when he's around a road. That'll tell a lot about his age. What kind of width and breadth and the mood he's in and and also what kind of terrain is out in front of him and why he crossed. There's a whole bunch of questions I want answered right on the road right there. If he's catchable, timeline. I want to set up a timeline of when he probably came through. I also want to go backwards on the track. Uh, a lot of times, it, especially if it's a real interesting big old track, I want to go backwards on it a couple hundred yards from the road, sometimes 300 yards, depending on how he's behaving. I want to see how he behaved before he crossed the road. That's interesting. Some of them, especially where we are and they get pounded right high pressured bucks change their behavior before they cross a road Mm. they know it's a road right if you were in afghanistan and people were shooting at you would you change your behavior when you got to a road damn right everything would change and then big ones do Mm. and you can tell They'll, they'll skirt down the side of the road for quite a ways and that'll also tell you a lot about where he's going to go if he's been skirting the side of it for quite a ways and then all of a sudden decides to break across the road, whether or not he stood there for a while before he crossed the road and listened real hard, if he's got other deer with him, if he just blew across the road, why, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. they just come right across the road and act nonchalant. If he's walking down the road feeding on the, the stuff, like, you know, all the clover and whatnot down that new gravel on the side of the road and he's feeding that, right? There's so much to pick up about how he acted and reacted around the road. I want some of that information. So you're trying to pick up on the buck's attitude before you get out. And just how he's feeling and what he's doing, because it tells me how far away he might be, what kind of cover in the terrain on that side of the road he might want to head for. And I can get as much kind of just feel about him and whether or not it's going to be something you can catch or not. I don't know how many times you can't catch them. You run after them all day practically and you can't catch them. Go as fast as you can all day long and not catch them. I get sick of that. (laughs) And I, in the, in, when I was young, I'd just jump out and go, 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 go. And then at the end of the day, mm, you're almost back to where you were. And you spent all that time traipsing all over that side. And you weren't even on it. He's over here, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't play those games anymore. I want yeah. as much information before I take off and decide to go on it as possible. And how he stepped and behaved around a road, there's so much to learn there. And you want, you, I want a piece of that. Mm. Let's see. And especially if it's big enough, mm-hmm. right? So cool. looking for that size right off the bat. Yeah. And cool. then his attitude while he's around the road and cool. why he did and why he crossed where he crossed. So a lot of detective work before you get on the track. You're trying. Absolutely. Yeah. How many people looked at it? That's true. If 10 right? people got out and looked at that track and none of them took it, well, why? Right? There's so much to check out right there mm. that it's, it's worth a good look. Right. You know? And, and also, you might discover something that you didn't know right? That you didn't pick up on the road and you went back in the bushes a little ways and, oh, there's a bunch of other deer right here. And he Mm -hmm. veered off them and go a little farther and, oh, it's a young buck and a doe and she must not be ready yet. The big boy said no. And he turned off. Well, there's there's a doe that's not too bad on this side over here. Then go back over here, right? It's it's extra information that you'll pick up that you can really utilize. Mm -hmm. Um. Hey, can you tell us uh, 
story about kind of like your first big buck tracking in Maine, your first 200 pounder that you tracked down? Um, yep. Uh, that was when we were going north, um, up on the Golden Road. We went to Dole Pond, which is near the Canadian border up there, right? That's a place, the same thing. Everybody goes up there. And, um, I went up with a buddy and his family was getting quite a few, uh, Tim Busby and his, his brother and, and his dad, they, they were going up quite a while. And I grew up with Tim. We went to school together and whatnot. And, um, we went out in the woods together and we got three quarters of an inch of snow and we were all excited because maybe now we can find something. Right. And we, we didn't go in the woods, I don't know, 300 yards and two big giant buck tracks, one older one that was huge had to be 230 plus and then another one that was boy almost as big and I said to Tim which one do you want and he says I said the, the bigger one's older but this one here's got a doe and they've crossed mm -hmm. so which one do you want he said I'm gonna go with that big one said, okay so he took off on the big one which had come through earlier and must not have known about the five does with one of them in heat and the 209 pounder following him, following <laughs> her. Right. Yeah. So I take this little troop of deer into the, into the swamp on an edge of a, a little bit of a hill and Tim swung out on the other deer and it, it was headed. That bigger one had a bigger stride and he was on a mission. He, you could tell he's going to go a long ways where this one here is probably going to be right here someplace. So I just moseyed along and I went probably five or 600 yards and they started slowing down and feeding and he's right in her every step, everywhere she went, he was right on her. And I'm like, boy, I've seen this back home, right? In, mm -hmm. in Barry town, right? <laughs> I've seen this back home. I know what this means. They're going to be together. This is looking good. And, and I'd have shot a spike. If I saw it, wouldn't have mattered to me. <laughs> right. And I just nice and easy. I'm poking along. And then it was about nine 30 in the morning. And I'm like, man, I could really use a cookie. Them chocolate chip cookies in my, in my sandwich bag were really bothering me. So I, <laughs> I whipped out one of those and I took one bite of it. And I said, what are you doing? Right, this could be the biggest buck of your life, and you're eating a freaking cookie. Put the thing away, right? <laughs> I've been so, there. So I, I, I put the cookie with one bite out of it back in the bag, and I zip it back up, and I'm like, get back on the job, right? So I go poking along. I've got my grandfather's rifle, and and I'm poking along and looking, and then all of a sudden, right in front of me, I hear this giant whistle train, 200-pounder, right? And I'm like, oh, my God. And and all these deer come to a stop and I can see a nose sticking out and I, I, I saw a couple flags and then this, they come to a stop and his nose is sticking out at about 60 yards and I pull up that four power, straight four power scope and I put it on it and it's a huge nose and it turns just like an inch and above that, way up here is a main beam turning just a little bit with it. <gasps> Instantly I know like, that's the biggest deer I've ever seen in my whole life. Look <laughs> at that thing, right? But all I can see is his nose and his time. But there's this beautiful hole. So I'm just holding. And I've got it right there just waiting. And he blows one more time. And I see this steam blow out into the hole that I'm waiting for. And then he jumps. And he comes through the scope. Just beautiful. And I just centered him in the scope. Didn't even bother with the crosshairs. Just center the deer in the scope and pull the trigger, right? Just as fast <laughs> as I could. And I hit him right dead center. And it clipped the upper part of his liver. 
I didn't know it at the time. I just pow, right? And boom, 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 and off they all run, tails going everywhere, all six deer just going all over the place. And now I'm shaking. I'm shaking so bad I can hardly run the bolt, right? So I'm like, that thing was huge, I said to myself. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, back then, we had CB walkie-talkies. So I've got this giant radio, right? It's this big, right, with an antenna that's got to be three foot long. And I'm not touching that radio because i got to go see that thing. It, you, it, they ain't dead I learned this early, right? They're not dead till you're standing on their head. We always said that. You've <laughs> got to get over there and make sure it's dead because they'll just move. Like, yep. they're not dead till you're sure. So I reload, and I put that extra shell in there that I shot so the gun's full. I learned that too, right? Now I walk right over to where I shot, and I'm not seeing too much, and there's deer tracks running everywhere in the mud, and there's only a little tiny bit of snow now. It's melting away. The trees are dripping a little tiny bit. But there's some evergreens coming up, and there's a little more snow over there. And I start towards those a little bit, and I'm looking, and I see a pretty big running track, and there's a drop of blood. And I said, ooh, I'm on the right track right here. And I followed him a little ways, and he ran right into that snow and into the greenery, beautiful. And all the other deer had peeled off, and he's by himself. And I said, ooh, here we go, come on. And I'm walking along, and, of course, I'm still a puppy dog then, right? I, I'm tracking, but I'm not used to tracking what I'm about to see. I'm not used to that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> and I'm walking along, and I see the track in front of me turn, and there's more in blood and more blood. And I see it turn in front of me at about 10 yards. And I'm turning and watching the blood, following it with my eyes, and I'm standing right next to him. He's over here, right here, right? He did this circle, and then boom, and he's laying right next to me, like 15 feet from me. He's laying there, and he's looking at me, and he's quivering. And, and I swing over, and I look, and this thing materializes what I'm looking at, and that rack is just like this, right? And he's looking at me. And he turns his head like, I'm going to get up. And the gun went off. Pow, right? Because <laughs> he's bedded, right? So you got to shoot. So I pow. And he falls over, that old 30-30, right? 30-30 savage. And he's laying there. And now he's kicking away. And he looks like a couch. Laying there, that big, soft couch. Look at that thing. I couldn't believe the hooves on that thing. And I said to myself, I just shot that thing. <laughs> and I'm standing there. My, my jaw is right against my belly button. I just, I'm looking at it. I just can't believe, look at that thing. And he finally lays his head down. And I sing him the song. And he's laying there. And I walk up to that thing. And I said to myself, oh, my God, is that a big deer. And I reach out, you reach out for those antlers, the first human to ever touch those antlers. And I pulled them horns to me. And I looked at that thing, and I could not believe it. So I turned my radio on, and I just stood there in shock. Now, it's a, that's a big moment when you have it laying there, and you want to treasure that, right? That's, that's an important time. And I always would, with the boys... Everything stops. You stand there with that thing, right? Because it's a recognition of what you did. 
It's not an easy thing taking a life, right? So let's just stay in here for a minute. And stood there staring at that thing. And I couldn't believe the size of it. And all of a sudden the radio cracks and Tim says, is that one of us? Right? Because of the old poop right at the end. right? And I said, oh, yeah. And he says, well, what did you get? I said, it's a seven-pointer, seven I said. But it looks like it belongs on a magazine. It's the biggest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my whole life, right? Not that big a deal, really. But, right, for me, like, that was like, wow. And it's like, it is possible to get a big deer. I never thought it would be possible for me to get a big deer, right? And hear that thing. I, I'm used to four-pointers, right? <laughs> Kid stuff in the, the neighborhood. Right? Yeah. And if you saw an eight-pointer, oh, my God, a mm -hmm. six-pointer. We were ecstatic to see a <laughs> six-pointer. And back then, it was nothing but spikes. The whole state was straight spikes, my God, yep. right, when I was a kid. So here's this big, giant, beautiful, heavy, beautiful buck. And I was like, wow. And Tim says, I'm on my way. And I said, I can't wait for you to see this. Thing. <laughs> Just like, holy smokes, what a deer, you know, and what a celebration. I shut the radio off, and then I had to holler, right? Yeah, <laughs> You had to do that. You yeah. just had to do that, right? Because that was just like, wow, so excited. What a deer. What a first big giant deer. And it changed your whole world, right? When you shoot that first really big one, you decide and you find out it is possible. It is possible to get a big one. Because mm -hmm. for so long, I was 10 years before I got my first deer with a bow. Yep. I don't know how many I shot at and missed. <laughs> a horrendous number of deer because I was out there watching them all summer long and chasing them around and following them and watching, and I knew when they did everything, and here yeah. I couldn't get them, right? So here's now that giant deer, and it changed everything for me yep. as far as, like, confidence levels. And from then on, it was a whole new deer hunting world. And I see it all the time in the shop here, right? Someone comes in with their first big giant and they think about it, think about it, think about it every day for a solid year easily, sometimes even more than that. And it's amazing how much it sticks with you, right? It's, it's a, it is a life-changing thing. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. Is that deer up there right now? Yep. This one right here. That, that one right there. That one right there. Nice. Yeah, the one that's all faded now, right? Yep. That was, yep. boy, almost 36 years ago. And that was your first year in Maine you got that one? Yep, my first wow. my first big deer in Maine. Yep. That's awesome. No, well, you're hooked right from the beginning then, right there. No wonder you're... Oh, then it was over after that. <laughs> like, that, I just wanted to see more of those. Yeah. You know? And what that weigh in at, you said? Boy, I want to say 205. Jeez. In the low 200s. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, beauty. Just, you know, something that makes you real, like, happy and... And the fact it made that magic number is, like, for me, like, at that time, that was, like, got to have that. You know? Well, that's important what you said, too, about am I ever going to shoot a big deer? And there's a lot of guys out there that are, my, myself included, like, is this ever going to happen? And you try and you try and you try. And it's good to know that a guy like you that's done it so many times you know, we, you're thinking the same way we're thinking, you're, right. you know, so it's, it, it also is goes possible. to show the mindset, too, though, right? Yep. The mindset of... Can it be done versus it can be done, mm -hmm. right? Yep. There is no try, yep. right? Do or do not, Yoda says, right? There's no try. You do or do not. And the commitment to stick to that and come away with that every time, you're going to go without. Mm -hmm. And there was quite a few years. Boy, I went without. 
I was willing to pay that price, yep. even though there was probably 20 years in a row like of killing a deer every single year. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't that 200 every year. No way, right? Yep. That, that's different. Yep. And then the other thing, too, though, that it teaches you is that you want the biggest possible freaking track in the woods every time because there are so many clown-footed spike horns, right? There's, there's these young deer with huge feet, and they're already pretty long, but they don't have the weight. They're just not. So when you look at it and you say, that's 220, that's 230, 240, that's really, you want the biggest possible because I've seen a whole bunch of them that we thought were 220, and they were 205. Mm-hmm. Or later in the season, now they're 190s or mm-hmm. 180s, you know, 183 or 181 with a five-year-old. You know, our average four-year-old in Vermont is 174. Okay. Wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we just don't grow tons of 200-pounders. Yeah. You know, yep. if a doe is 110 and she's half the equation, you ain't getting no 200-pound linebacker out of a 110-pound six-year-old doe. Nope. Right. Yeah. It just ain't happening. But if you go to the land where the does are 140 pounds, now you got a better chance right off the bat. Oh yeah. And sure. then when you see the potential in like Ryan's deer last year, right? You see the potential yeah. of what that deer could be when he did make it to the five or six year old mark. There is that potential. But of course there's a lot of let's go get him. So it lowers those numbers. There was a day when two hundred pounder tracks were one every five miles. I've heard that. There was that day. Now if you see one in a day, mm-hmm. it's a good day especially where we've been steady for years and years and years in that same spot. Just we, just us, our group, fairly relentless in the Mm -hmm. same general area. It's going to put a hurting on things, right? So being mobile is great. You want to be mobile. You want to keep your options open, keep your timing open, and don't think they're all dead. Yep. All those deer were beauties last year, Mm -hmm. right? Right. That anybody would have loved. Yep. Right? You see that every year in a taxidermy shop. Yep. Those were good deer last year you would have shot. <laughs> Especially a five-year-old. You'd have shot him when he was four. He was a pretty nice deer. For right? sure. You got to be optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta and, be. like, they're not all dead because they're making it through, yeah. and there's tons of them. Oh, yeah. And when you got a couple of nine-year-olds, oh, my God. Yeah. They're so, giants for a few years. That's walk, right. Walking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now they've gone by. Yeah. That thing's gone by. Yeah. Love to see him when he was seven. Yeah, or five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that leads into another. Sorry to hog the mic. No, here, you're good. But, no, go for it. Um, how do you guys keep your optimism? Like on years like last year, where there was no snow, and and, it, and we're watching the videos as they're coming out, and it's a it can get it it can be tedious, and then all of a sudden you get the snow. But how do you are, are you ever tempted to like pull up stakes and head over to New Hampshire and sit on acorns or you know? Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> When, when Coco Puff says, I need to go, I just can't take this anymore, <laughs> right? Right? Seeing some sign, even if it's just one big track, and seeing it, like, even just one big track in the mud someplace, bare ground, warm weather, terrible. One fresh track within the last four days, there's one here somewhere. That's all I need. That's me, though. Right. Most people need to see some deer. They need to see a a rub or they need to see a tail or something. You're talking about hunting in the worst state in the whole U.S. Mm -hmm. for success rate, practically, 
you know, and especially when you up it even more and say it's got to be a three-year-old or better, and even more when you say it's got to be a 200-pounder, or even more when you say it's got to be 140-incher, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as you start upping those bars, or I'm going to use a muzzle loader, or I'm going to use a bow, right? As soon as you start upping those, man, you can make it difficult. And, right? <laughs> you got to love the brush. Mm. You got to love walking in a wasteland of a fell buncher. Yeah. Embrace the suck. Every, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've cut it all. There's no trees left. My God. When the loggers are shaking their head. And it's going to be a world of brush now, right? When you cut it. And the mm -hmm. timber prices are so high. That's the other thing is follow the timber, right? And what's going on with timber for access, for tree age, you know. So you end up... The same as when you go bass fishing and you first hunt the water and then you start hunting the fish, you have to do the same thing. You hunt the woods and then you hunt the deer that are in those woods so you can really eliminate good areas or bad areas in a lake when you're fishing. Mm -hmm. You can just look at the shoreline and say, ooh, that's steep. Let's go see if it's mud or gravel on that steep. And it's a pretty short cast, right? If they're hanging out in 10 feet of water and it's like, so it's a kind of the same thing. You see the tree knocked over in the water. That's where all the bass are going to be hanging out. It's kind of the same thing. You're looking for the right tone in the terrain and the right trees to provide the structure with some food, right? So you can start going X on the land over here and X on the land over there just from the truck or from Google Earth or mm -hmm. from your, your maps or, or even the bottlenecks or whatever you're finding, you know, to try and just eliminate the bad area. There's so mm -hmm. much bad area with no wildlife in yep. it. Just Some of it's woods. a desert. There's yeah. tons of bad woods. Oh, if yeah. you can't figure out what good woods are, at least figure out what bad woods are. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be automatically in the, the better stuff at least. Even right. if it isn't wonderful, you're not in something that's really bad. If I'm in a piece of woods and I look down and I can't find a deer track, even one you know poke hole in the leaves, if I don't see any deer tracks, I'm out of there. I am on top of deer tracks all the time, yeah. old, new, whatever. If I look down and there's no deer tracks, if you were moose hunting and there was no moose tracks, how long would it take you to leave? About Real six quick. seconds, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of here, right? Yeah. The other thing is your boots, right? My boots earn me all my deer. They can walk so far, my mm -hmm. legs, right? That's what does it because I can go so far. And I can, it's like if you're mining gold, you need a big trummel, mm -hmm. right? Right? The bigger, the bigger your machine, the more dirt you can run, the more chances of coming across it. So your legs are like your trummel. You're out there just going and learning and finding, and it's, it allows you to turn over more dirt. Hmm. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. yep. That's an easy one. more land you cover, the better, right? A lot of times, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what Lee Libby says, right? Yep. The guy who can cover the most ground sees the most deer. Exactly. Good point. He may jump the most deer, yep. for sure. Yeah. Right? And, and you need to see them, right? There's, there's another edge to that, right? You can jump them all day long, yeah. right? That's not good enough, right? right. Yep. You know? So like being able to do something about it, that's what really counts. Yeah. Capitalizing on at least what you learn every day. Right. So we may not scout or put out cameras or any of that stuff for the rest of the year, but during the season, if we're not hunting, actually trying to kill it right then, we're scouting. Mm -hmm. it's nonstop scouting mission. Plus there's a group of us and we're all sharing information. Mm -hmm. like and a beautiful moves. thing Maine gives us is partridge and moose to look at while we're trying Thank to sort that out. So it's, that's kind of nice. <laughs> Thank God. Especially for the moose to eat the brush back so you can walk through it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? right. When there's no moose up there, 
there will be no more deer hunters, pretty much. If the moose herd crashes up there, the, the woods will be so impenetrable, most people won't even want to tackle it, especially with young woods, right? Yeah. Where the brush is that waist high at the snow level, and then if it's not chewed off at the moose upper level, well, now you can't see even. You know, Northeast Kingdom, moose herd has crashed. The bramble is right up to your eyeballs, practically. You walk through it and it slaps you, right? Bruce on Mountain, the power line, all of that, the wall up there, all that area, right? This is all you get when you walk through it now because the moose population is low and they're not eating. Bramble's not the greatest thing for them to eat, so they're not eating it. And now it's got these extra shoots, plus it's an old, old tree because it was trimmed when it was young. And now it's this sturdy slapping oh my god mess to walk through and i was up there a while back and i'm like oh this is terrible with no moose you take no moose in maine it'll be a complete change to the way you deer hunt up there it'll change everything moose are important to how good the tracking is mm -hmm. it matters because they chew that brush back they make mm -hmm. it walkable so they're eating pounds and pounds of that stuff a day oh Not yeah that, yeah and, and I don't blame the timber for trying to get ahead of the moose. Mm -hmm. it, they, they eat every tree and every cut everywhere. And if you don't, when the moose numbers are down, you cut wood and you make it grow then yeah. to try and get ahead of them. Yeah. Because yeah. they do. Every maple, every yellow birch has been trimmed a hundred times. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's remarkable. How, like you said, you go into a cut and everything's nipped. Like last year I was up in Maine and this cut that's literally probably half a mile long, there was not a single bud on anything. Just moose track to hell. It was crazy. But yeah. Wants to rip your clothes. Oh, off. yeah, yeah, yeah. Slapping off the boots and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, it's crazy. But that's just part of the game. And it's not easy to keep your confidence up while you're out wading around in brush. What helps is when you know that they do live there. Mm -hmm. And you can't let the dream die inside your brain. And it's easy. Mm -hmm. So the camera thing and the filming, and that part has been a pleasant distraction for us. Mm -hmm. And even if you're at home and you're sitting in your tree standing out back, you should be filming what you see, mm -hmm. filming how you feel, right? Even if you just watch it once and then erase it, right? And I, I never knew since we started the YouTube channel how many people are lonely. There's a lot of lonely hunters. Wow. Have no one to share it with. Film yourself. We mm -hmm. want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good point. I've watched some lonely hunters on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, right? Now, I don't study nature so much anymore. I study people, right? People's nature. It's way more interesting. It's way more fascinating. You never meet the same thing twice. You can meet deer, and they're deer. They're just deer. They're not people. People are way more interesting, <laughs> right? <laughs> true. And they're, they're an in-depth study that could go on forever. And when I watch somebody who's kind of lonely film themselves and how they feel, well, now you get to see what you're like and that can change you. It's good yep. for you, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And others can appreciate it. And there are other people who would relate to it. For sure. And why not use that, right? Because this is your story, not a story of deer. Mm -hmm. This is a story of you and what you decide and how much you're willing to live with your decisions. Do you attract that buck or not? Do you let him take it or not? You no, know, right? You're making left or right in the why. Right? It's all about making decisions and living with what you decide and the possible outcomes of what you decide. And some days you're supposed to be late. That's right. Right? That yeah. is right. right? Yeah. And yeah. you decided, well, I got to have that extra piece of bacon. It's just going to be a minute. Yeah. Right? 
yeah. or your buddy's running a little bit late and somebody's pissed about it. It's like, really? No, no. It's trying it. to adjust. The river's trying to adjust your timing. Mm-hmm. It wants to bring you everything you want. Yeah. Let it and work with it. Yeah. Right? Next thing you know, 2.30, you're all done. Didn't get out till 9.30, 2.30, bang, you're <laughs> already at the check station. <laughs> right? And if it was supposed to go down that way, wouldn't you want to let it? You would want to let it, just let it happen, right? Just work with what the river's handing you. And sometimes, how many times did you say, I knew that was going to happen. I just had this feeling, right? Well, just work with it. And a lot of times it'll start off negative. You'll say, oh man, somebody's parked in my spot. Well, maybe it's telling you to go where you need to go over here because there's something waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And then you switched and... Bam. Go with the flow, man. Look at that, right? And so now listen to that way more. And as soon as things turn negative for me, I start asking why. And why would it need to turn negative, right? If you're stoic about your hunting or you're stoic about your life, you set yourself back from a little bit and you watch what's happening and you say, "Mm, hmm, let's not get too upset. Let's just drive down this road. Look at that thing. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy was coming out the road I was going to be on, right? And I just happened to turn this way and there we go. (laughs) And And we all need somebody to help us out a little bit. Somebody to cheer us up a little bit. And I hope that's what we do. Mm -hmm. For sure. But other people have different realities and they should talk about those too because it happens. Yep. You get bummed. Yep. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? You do. You missed. Right? Yeah. You work for a whole month. Here's yeah. the thing. <laughs> Pow. Right? And you get all serious. <laughs> Kicking the rocks all the way back to the truck. Or somebody cut me off. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you were supposed to be cut off today. Relax. <laughs> no, I think, that's, I think that's great advice. I think a lot of people try to force things too much. Mm-hmm. They have like a certain thing in their head that they're just you know, when it comes to like trying to kill a specific buck or something like Mm -hmm. you were saying earlier. And you know, when things don't go perfectly the way they think it should, they just give up or they go back to camp or they go home or they go get a sandwich or, you know, it's like, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches. You got to be fluid with it. I think that's how a lot of big bucks are killed. Absolutely. You know, and I've, I've noticed that from a lot of big buck killers is they're usually very calm with the Mm -hmm. way they go about things and they're very, Go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Methodic. So, methodical, yep. And they've got a system that works. Yep. And what would work for one guy may not necessarily work for another. Right. But like all the little things of even what not to do, right? Mm-hmm. You go to the poacher class, right? And they yep. all say what they did wrong. Yep. <laughs> even if you learn what not to do or the stories, that's the key to stories, right? Because the story not only gives you context about the way things went down, but it delivers a message of where you could end up. And the expectations are good also too, though. Like you have this expectation, I want to kill this one buck over here, and I just, this is what I want to do, and it didn't go down that way for me that day, and I'm pissed about it. Well, right, that that expectation of being pissed about it is is like trying to take over and you have to go and that's where the buddy can be like, Hey man, you know, and we do that for each other as much as we can, but it could be something online too, just as easily. Mm -hmm. Nobody does 
Nobody does a podcast about the bad stuff. <laughs> the bad experiences, right? Everyone can relate to that. Oh, yeah. You may not necessarily want to discuss them or whatever, but there are some things that are learning curves that other people can pick up on that would be real handy. Not to mention even the more skilled stuff, okay? What do you do the fourth time you jump a buck, right? Four times now you've moved them, or ten times. I've had one in Vermont, I moved him 12 times in one day. Wow. Right? That's, that's meeting him and meeting him. And by the fifth time, he's really figured out, I'm trying to kill you. Yeah. Right? He's, he's on to it <laughs> he now. He yeah. This is, and, and he's a young deer, but he's like, hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a tough thing. What do you do when you've busted him and busted him and busted him? You ain't calling to him anymore. Mm. Oh, no. I know you. I saw you a half an hour ago. Wham. <laughs> right? Here we go again. Wham. Ooh, I got to get a smell of him. <laughs> Boom. Here's some river. Here's some swamp. Here's some houses. Here's a ledge. And back down and back on the ledge again. Right? All of that kind of stuff that lays it right out. And the persistence it takes to stick with that and then being able to make it come together is quite a challenge. And that's the thing you really want to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to just master yourself and now the rest of it comes easier. The deer will come a lot easier when you've really mastered yourself. Mm. And there's only one way to do that is to just push yourself, right? To get over it. That's one of our favorite sayings. Get the F over it. Yeah. Just get over it. Just like move on, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just keep trucking. Just keep going. Let's please keep going. And away you go, right? Yeah. And if you got someone to help you along, that's great. If you don't have anybody to help you along, film yourself a little bit in how you feel. Watch it. You'll instantly want to pick yourself up, right? I've had a couple of times I was having a bad day. And I turned that camera on and I filmed it. I'm just having a bad day today. <laughs> now I look back at it and I laugh and I go, oh, don't ever show anybody that. <laughs> There's some footage I'm not going to share with the world, right? Yeah. Oh, man, I can't believe it. I fell down and I cracked my knee and there's my pants all ripped. And right here, right? All black and blue, right? Or the scope got me, right? All those bad days when things kind of go wrong, you got to film that. you got to film it, even if it's just for you and the family to watch when you get back home. And that's how my filming started, right? I would go there and lead the family home. You guys are going to have kids here, right? And you have to leave them. And then when you come back home and you have a homecoming, I love that. I come back home and then I say, this is what I saw. And then, oh my God, the promised land, Maine, right? And the boys were like, Maine. And then one at a time, bring them up there, get them interested in it and have them master it and love it. And when you're done and you've mastered things, now you don't have to really keep playing. Does Teresa still do what she she was doing, which is she didn't want to know anything that's going on. She wanted you guys to come home and tell the story. 100%. Yep. Really? You know, somebody comes in the shop and I heard Rodney got a deer. And she's like, Shh, don't say a word. I don't want to know. I just, <laughs> I, I don't want to know. And she's heard a couple of horror stories that weren't even true, right? Things oh, wow. have happened over the years and she's just believing word of mouth. And like, and she didn't want it. She wants to hear it from us. She wants us to drive in the yard and we're home and look at the deer in the mm-hmm. back of the truck, right? Or the antlers we found or, or hear the stories of how things were and whatnot. Yep. And we want to hear her stories because we've been gone and what's been going on with her, right? That going away for a while and being alone for a while, for me, especially in the beginning, 
I, I cherish that week of just me and nobody else. Mm-hmm. But then when the boys started going, right, it's not like I can just walk off and leave them. <laughs> it's not happening, right? They're 12, 13, 14, 15, right? And you turn them loose in the wilderness or you go with them and you make sure everything's cool. And now you share it with them. And now I'm, I've been into that and I can't wait for the grandkids, right? But every now and then I say, no, I'm good. I'm just going. This was the year I shot the deer when I, the day I said, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just going to go look, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, pow, oh, it's dead. Oh, I knew I should have went with you, right? <laughs> so, like, you're going to you're gonna have that. Yeah. You will pay if you have a cameraman. You'll pay. Mm. It ain't cheap. It ain't easy. <laughs> they, they might screw you up. They might see the deer and point it out for you. A lot of times the guy in the back, right? He's the one. Always, yeah. The guy in the back's like, oh, right, right, right here, right yep. here. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> right? That happens a lot. I've noticed that. The guy in the back sees a deer. That's right. He's the one who picks it out. He's yep. more likely to pay attention to the sides. You're yep. blocking. It's natural to not look through somebody to see what's on the other side of them. Yep. And the guy in the back, a lot of times, is the caboose is seeing what's going on. Yep. I don't know how many times I've stopped the boys. And it was great when I could see over the top of them, too. When they were young, I could see over the top of them. So they're bird dogging. Right. Ding, 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 mm-hmm. ding, ding. And we're going along, little beagle, right? And mm-hmm. I'm behind them. And then right, right, right here. <laughs> right so we walk over to the moose let's go see the moose right so we walk over there that is awesome and when it's someone older right when i'm old and they're walking behind me and they say whoa dad that's a great <laughs> yep. feeling yep. yep when they're doing it now right they're, they're pointing stuff out to me now or i'm pointing stuff out to them and i'm behind them right that that hunting together i never i never really thought it was possible to walk up to a bedded deer with three people mm two cameramen or two kids and me and walk right up to a doe bedded down. It's his first deer. Right there. And he goes, Ryan, uh, he's looking at it, right? And Casey says, Beaver, shoot it. <laughs> right? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Boom, right? I would have never known you could do something like that until you tried it. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, what value? What a huge amount of value to that. Wait, and now yeah. it's a shared experience. Yeah. And we all remember different chunks mm. even better, yeah. even better. So I want it to be a story. I want it to be a beautiful story of me, yep. right? Yep. And awesome. we have expectations that help us design our future. And we know they work somewhat. We experience on a daily basis. If I get in the truck and drive to Rodney's, this is what I'm going to experience, right? It'll be more than that, right? When you get there, it's always more than that. But when we, we get our expectations up to go out in the field and to go do something, and then it didn't quite turn out the way, well, that's part of the deal, mm-hmm. right? This is a probabilistic universe. Nothing's 100%. Nothing is. But logic says, if I go out today and I keep my opportunities coming, right? They call you lucky when your preparedness meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got your gun and it's loaded and you got your license and you're ready to go and you're awake and you go hunting, what's likely to happen? Eventually you're going to get one. That's right. It's going to happen, yeah. right? Yeah. And the more you do it, it's like gambling, Better right? Odds, the yeah. more you keep rolling those dice, yep. the more likely you are sooner or later to win. Yep. So it's bound to happen. And now if you're playing on, on the rest of your good feelings, all of a sudden there it is. Mm-hmm. It's right in front of you. And just walk up to him and shoot him. 
literally literally yeah. just walk they will wait for me <laughs> they will wait yeah. yeah even when they run you don't know it right now but you're gonna wait <laughs> and wait 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 uh, no rodney that one this year right run 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 down wait 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 no rodney hmm run down to the bottom across the hardwoods look back no rodney hmm I guess I'll relax a little bit. Bunch, a bunch, a bunch. Walk a little bit. Crunch, crunch. No Rodney. Hmm. Boy, it's just about time to chew on that. Ugh. Lay down. No Rodney. Huh? Pow. <laughs> right? There's Rodney. <laughs> Found him. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. What a good feeling. Right? And, of course, I've already played this game a whole bunch of times with him. Him and I are old friends. We've already done this a whole bunch of times. And I'm saying slow and easy, 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 right? Yep. And you let your outside guide like your, your God mind, right? It's not your brain. Your brain's a function of your mind, right? Your mind's out here someplace. Your energy's out here someplace. And your brain is listening to this mind. And you talk yourself through your things, right? I don't know how else you explain thinking, it's a mechanical thing, but not really. It's not the movement of electricity in your brain completely. It's not completely that. So there's this other part of you that's helping you through things. And so I listen to that little on the shoulder that says, ooh, go easy right here. Mm, I just got that feeling, ooh, don't, don't go out there. Let's just wait a minute. This, mm, you come to that doorway, right? And I, no, right? Good thing I stopped. That first time, boom, 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 boom. And he goes across the open and stands on the other side, just inside the crap. And I'm like, boop, nope, nope, nope. Played this game with you before. Oh, no, you don't. I'm going to stand here. I bet it was 10, 15 minutes of just standing and staring at that other side. And I was looking right at him. He was right there. But I just couldn't pick him out. And I'm like, right. The, the, the deer needle is pointed. That compass, the jack, Right? <laughs> The yep. compass is pointing, and it's like, man, right there, right, right there. And I'm pointing right at him. I'm looking, looking in the scope. I can't <laughs> see a thing. That bugger was standing there. Just couldn't pick him out. And finally, nope, he's gone. It's okay now. Boom, 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 right across. Go inside the woods a little bit. And sure enough, turn around and stood there and watched and watched and watched and then turn and drop, 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 down, down. Aha, gotcha. Gotcha. Right? Good boy. Good boy. Here we go. Right? And when, when it starts, when you can predict what's about to unfold, now you're reading the future. Mm -hmm. Are you not? When you're on the track and you're yeah. saying, he's going to go up and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. You're actually predicting the future. And you're looking around corners. Yep. 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 You got this, to. this next little rise. Yeah. Ooh, there's a little green spot. There's a big blowdown right there. It's one of those two. The wind's this way. Yep. This way. And walk yeah. a little bit, and boom, there he is right there. I'm always trying to have, like, an internal conversation when I'm tracking, like, like trying to decide what I'm going to do. And, and you just said it right there. I was going to ask you if you're a believer of swinging on a buck track, like if you'll get off of it to try to, like, meet up with him. I hate it. You hate it? I absolutely hate it. Yeah, I hate but it. you'll do it. But And, and sometimes I'll do it. Yeah. If, it if the terrain <laughs> says we've got to do this, yep. I will do it. But I don't like it yep. because – as soon as you leave the track, I'm losing all information mm -hmm. about not only direction, but mm -hmm. the attitude, the distance, the speed. Mm -hmm. And if he stopped and took a break there 
and did a lot of looking back and then finished walking across the cut, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this dotted line with a cloud and then another dotted line. And I don't know that cloud took place. Right. That's information that matters. Especially if he's at a pretty good clip walking and over here, a pretty good clip coming out. But he stopped there for 15 minutes waiting. I like to know that. Right. Mm -hmm. I hate not. I want to be on the track as much as absolutely possible. I hate leaving it. So I like to swing on them if I jump them. Mm -hmm. I'll do like a big old half loop, like depending on the topography of the area. Sometimes I'll try to get higher on them. And if I don't meet up with them, I'll go back because I'm waiting, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes anyway. So I feel like it's a good way to come back to where you left it and then get back on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got them like that. Like Mm -hmm. one of my best bucks I ever shot. I I got higher on them right after I jumped them and we met right on top. Yep. You know, but it's it's just, you play the game enough. You start to kind of get those like six senses about where, you know, just, yep. Yep. But I figure it's a good way to kind of keep your mind, Going. Did you see a lot of evidence of nice and easy before that so that you'd say probably not going to be all that far? Yeah, so he had yeah. went through that area twice in like a 12-hour period yeah. before. Oh, and yeah. when I jumped him off the side of the mountain, I was like, man, and it was just right below the top. I'm like, I'm going to go back up there. So I just ran as fast as I could back up where he went through two times. Yep. And that's right where we met. Oh, he no was, kidding. He was just doing He did a big old loop on me. He was going to stand there and watch oh. for me to come, you know. Oh. But I've also done that. Predictable. I've, oh. I've done it a hundred times and it hasn't worked like that. But, you know, it yep. only takes a one. Right, right. That's but, that. Yeah, one will do. <laughs> if if yeah. he makes that mistake right. and if he does things that are predictable, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I've had a whole bunch of them that reacted predictably when I jumped them and jumped them and jumped them and jumped them and just kept moving them. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one that just kept hooking left every time. Yep. He was like a lefty, yeah. <laughs> like that. I've had a whole bunch that want to do a J on the downwind side mm. and then catch me as I'm coming and. And of course, you try and catch the J before it happens, and right, and that that one by the third time he'd done that, I started looking for the hook and mm. cutting straight down, right. downwind, right off the bat, boom, and it made sense. Mm-hmm. Especially if the visibility and the topography matched for me to go look, right? You know, and I wouldn't have to leave it too far to go have a look because oh, I see a hook right here, hardwoods with a dip over. Let's go look. Head right over and look right over that, nice and gentle. Right. I've had a whole bunch of them that were like in the boot brush looking at me and then want to come over easy, and they did the hook. And now they're level with the boot brush where I am, and it's over the bank looking through, and they're right in that boot brush, just the ears and the head looking yeah. at me right there. And picking out, training your eyes is a big part of it, and learning to pick out little odd things mm-hmm. and do it kind of quick. I am. How do you scan the woods when you're looking for a deer? I guess left to right, looking for movement. I don't know. Yeah. I, I usually pick out antlers first when I'm tracking, believe it or not. No kidding. Yeah. I yeah. usually do. Yeah. Well, you yeah. had some big horns to deal with. Well, right? yeah, so, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't do that because I was trained on this. Mm, you're yeah. not going to see spikes. Right. No, you're right. 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 Amen. I was trained on little deer yeah. and you yeah. don't see those. So you don't yeah. look for that. You look for the white. And the white on the tail, the white patch, mm-hmm. um, any any horizontal lines, the back, like right? you you yep. go for that kind of stuff. So, 
not that you don't see horns. I mean, right. If yeah, they're yeah. big, you see horns. You, you most of the time, I you know the the woods move. When yeah. The yeah. deer moves, and you go, oh my god. <laughs> right. I saw the deer first, and then he turned his head, and the whole woods moved. Right. Yeah. I had a couple in New Hampshire. Just oh my god, look at that thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The what I'll do is I'm walking along, and I know I need to look. I'll do a. Boom, real fast. I just cross country, just swing my head nice and fast. And I'm looking for the right out in the open, wide out, obvious, right there, yeah, wide yeah. open. You should have seen the damn thing, right? Yeah. I want to see the obvious stuff that's sticking right out mm -hmm. instantly. And I want to see it as fast as possible because if we dally together at close range, they're gone, mm -hmm. right? They're only going to give you a couple, three seconds. And you yeah. want to take it every, you need every half a second. If they're only giving you three seconds, you need every half second. Oh, so yeah. I'll do a real fast check, just a head flick check. The other reason I do that probably more than other people would be I can only hear out of one ear. Really? So yeah. I'm doing everything and what I'm doing. I hear the sound, but mm -hmm. I can't tell where it came from. So I'm always asking the boys, where was that? And they're like, what? I just heard something. And then another little tick. And right, the moose stood up. Tick. And I'm like, man, I just freaking heard something. And Taylor's like, ooh, right there. It's, it's right over here. So we look a little bit more. Sure enough, there's a moose standing there, right? I, I can hear real well, but I can't tell the location, the location. From, from the sound. I can't triangulate. Yep. Not a nice little handicap. So, like, I'll, then I'll go through nice and easy and really pick out. There's this section where a deer will exist on the landscape. Mm -hmm. Like, there's this zone. So I go right through, and now I'm looking real good, real good. Just a nice, thorough, is anything out of place? Is anything not look good? Any movement, any, anything. But I'm always doing it with the biggest possible eyes, right? Mm -hmm. The widest view, because if it moves over here, I want to see it. So I practice that, especially when I'm driving down the road. You drive down the road, and you're looking for tracks. I... We'll scan the ditch and scan the roadside, scan the bank on the far side, look way up into the woods, but I'm doing it with the widest possible eyes, the, the, the most attention to peripheral vision. And when the partridge is over here up the <laughs> bank and I'm over here looking for that and I step on the brakes and I go, bird, and they're all like, oh my God, how did you see that, right? It's because of the wide eyes yep. and wide eyes for movement. Human beings are fantastic about seeing side-to-side -side movement. We see that in our advertising and all that kind of stuff, right? right. Use that, any movement, anything, twitches boom, on it, right? Looking for that movement all the time. Ear flicker. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Just any little shift, any right. color, oddball, and anything that just... Just, yep. what's the deal? When you're uh, right. shooting at a running deer, are you picking a spot or are you swinging or is it situational? Most of the time, I'm centering them in the scope and shooting. Mm -hmm. If they're real close, I don't even aim. Mm -hmm. I just point the gun at them and shoot them. Mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't have any trouble picking up my bolt right now and shooting that freezer. And I do it in half a second. Mm -hmm. Time it takes me to go right? So if a deer hops up at 15, 20 yards and takes off running and I've got a scope and a bolt action, there's no sense in, right? It's running with a scope on three power at yep. 16 yards, right? No, you just pull up point, just pull right up and look down that and boom. And if you practice a little bit, you'll be a shot like you read about. Mm -hmm. There's no need to aim. Mm -hmm. And I can probably hit the cardboard box over there and keep looking at you. 
right? So yeah. I've had a whole bunch of them where I've shot them at point blank and didn't even aim, just shot them. <laughs> just instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mr. T, right? He's threat walking me. He comes, <laughs> he comes out of the bushes and he's threat walking me and he's coming and I'm in awe. He's, you know, across the room right here, 25 feet, right? And he's, he's coming right towards me on an angle. He weighs 220 and got a head down and I'm in awe. Look at that. Wow, is that thing something? I'm like, well, you probably better shoot him. If you don't and he thinks you're a buck, he's just going to kill you. <laughs> and he's so close that if I shoot him, he may just kill me anyway if he right. doesn't die. Yeah. Right? Because you shoot him and they, they just keep coming. They don't yeah. care. Yeah. They wouldn't care. So I boom into him. The bugger comes running right at me. Oh. I grunted and, and he thought, there's other deer. There's danger. I don't know what that was. Run to the other deer. Right. Yeah. So he comes right at me. And then the second shot was here to that turkey right there. You know, I shot here, here to the toolbox, pow, and he comes running right at me, and I went click, 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 like this, boom, and shot him again, pow, right there, right? Wow. He, he died 10 feet from me. Yeah, what okay. a feeling. Have 220 mm. coming right at you, like, and, and threatening you, and then yeah. when you shoot him, he comes even more, right? Yeah. But what do you want him to do, right? right? Bet yeah. your old heart was thumping, right? It's either that or run to the truck. I'd love him to run to the truck. If you want to run someplace after I shot you, run to the truck. But if not, come on over near me. You know, what a feeling, Which but you should be able to do that. And like, just take a 22 and put a sock over your, that. yeah. And practice it in a gravel pile or something, right. pick yeah. out a rock and just, just practice, just shooting, just pointing and shooting. Yeah. It's amazing how good you can be. Which then, one of these is Mr. T? Uh, the third one in from the end. Right okay. There. That, yeah. that was the nine year old. Yep. Well, that's, that's a really, big bugger. Right there. Oh my yeah. God. And you yeah. grounded him in. Yep. Yep. The neck yeah. on that thing is crazy. Yeah. No, what about the one right behind you? Though he's been looking at me the whole time, the and I here. I got to hear the story on that yeah. one. <laughs> uh, Pete Wheatley and I um, were over on uh, uh, Camp Fourteen Road, and uh, there was two huge buck tracks that were kicking around in there. And the other deer was a pretty good sized deer. I want to say two forty probably. And Pete had kind of stuck with his track and I took him. He's long toes. I said, well, I'll take him. Um, our two deer were about probably a mile and a half apart. And of course, where do they end up? Right in the same piece of woods. There was a doe in heat in this about 300, uh, 300, yard area in some hardwoods and the two bucks dosy doed around each other all night long the snow was just rotting off by one o'clock two o'clock and it was we were soon going to lose it i tracked the buck in and i said well they must have gotten a fight and pete says well i'm looking at you right now on the radio and he said i said oh so we're both right here i said i haven't found their exit yet and i'm trying to circle this barnyard and cipher it out so I told him, you, you start around that way, I'll go around this way, and we'll just like that, we'll find out where they came out. Well, we ended up finding the fight, and of course there's blood all over the place, hair up the trees and everything else, and then the bigger one leaves with the doe. So Pete takes that and goes off, and I take the loser here up back the direction he came. Uh, it gets dark on me, and I'm all done. It didn't snow any, but under the spruces and stuff and in the colder spots there was still a little snow the next morning so we go back to the same chunk of woods and i go back to the same exact spot i left him and he came back fresh and i'm like oh 
I had a boy, save me. Whatever he did out there that night, don't care. Here he is right here. So I follow him a little ways and he kind of goes back towards the fight scene a ways and ends up across a brook and up on a little bank in a select cut. And he laid down right there. Um, I could see the bed from about 30 yards and I was doing what I usually do. I just walking and grunting, nice, sunny, beautiful morning. The snow is about to rot away. You can watch it on YouTube. And I, I, Worked my way into that cut nice and easy, and I'm just looking around, and I saw the bed, and I hadn't walked over there yet. I didn't dare to, and I'm hoping he didn't run. And now I'm just, I did my fast scan. And I looked right through that deer. He's about 40 yards, standing in a wide open. Big as a sheet of styrofoam down there, right? <laughs> Four by eight sheet. He was huge. And I went real quick, and I didn't see him. Then I went back, and I went nice and easy, and I went, oh. Right there, right? So I turn around, and I can't see from here up. All I can see is this giant body, and he's in a fairly wide open, and I get the scope on his body, and it's, oh, that is a giant. Let's just see. Oh, yeah. I can see brow tines, right? I can see them brow tines sticking up. I don't need to see anymore. Right on the chest, pow. And he, boom, kapoof, and he falls right over. And it looked quite a bit of brush, so I couldn't see the body anymore. And I'm just watching. And it's up on a hillside with a lot of brush. And I could easily miss him right exactly where he landed. I reload and watch, and nothing moves. And by golly, I got the bugger. It's got to be right there someplace. And I always keep a little bit of uh, surveyor's tape ribbon in my pocket right where I was standing. That's smart. Right I there. walk exactly towards the deer. I walk exactly towards it. Oh, maybe here to your truck. And I hang another ribbon up right on the spot I saw him fall. Now I've got those two ribbons for my bullet path. Now we're going to go find him. So I walk up in there and I go right by him. And I go to the back of it and I, 150 yards. It was only 40 yards. But I line back up with those two. And I said, watch this. And I went right straight back down those ribbons and walked right up to him laying right there. Wow. <laughs> right? That worked beautiful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is a really good tip for anybody mm -hmm. shooting at any time. Yep. If you've got some way of lining up in the distance, you'll be able to stay online and get back towards where you were. I was in a little bit of a panic there because I had gone quite a ways and I wasn't seeing anything. And I walked by him just a little bit. And I'm like, no, it's right about here. Turned around and went straight back away a little bit. Why he's laying right just off the side a little bit, right oh, there, you know. So what a what a what a beauty. Ugh. He was a nice one. Incredible. Nice rack, yeah. Yeah. And that that hundred and thirty inch stuff comes pretty hard in Maine. Yeah. And especially where they're hunted so hard right there. Yeah. They're hunted hard. Yeah. So like hundred and thirty inches isn't easy to do, much no. less the two hundred. Mm -hmm. But him and Tote Road are both about within an eighth of an inch of each other. So my biggest rack's the one thirty. That's that mm -hmm. buck the full yes. wide amount. That's yeah. Tote Road. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you uh do you have a, a buck in mind that you've hunted or a tracking story in mind that you feel like taught you the most or your favorite? Do you have one in mind? Yeah, there was one buck. in Vermont. There was one in Vermont that I didn't get. And I moved him 17 times. Wow. And a small buck led me to him. I started on a little small basket rack eight-pointer. I got right up on a real snowy day during muzzleloader season. I got right up to about six or eight yards from him, and he was on a pretty steep, steep rocky, rotten kind of bank. And he ran around the mountain. Once I got him up and got him on his feet, and he skirted out around the mountain, and he ran right up to a giant. The giant got up and 
the two of them, boom, 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 for together a little ways. Then the younger one turned off and kind of headed towards home. The big one pulled up uh, about 100 yards past where they split and was standing there. Of course, he didn't know what got the little deer up, so he didn't know the deal with me. I'm wearing snow camo, so when he saw me, he didn't really see me. It's like, what is that? I see something moving right there, but it's not real alarming. White on white is really not alarming to them. None of their predators are white. But they know something's there. They, they see that blur, like, and they, mm. So he's standing there looking at me, and I put a bullet right underneath his neck in the snow. I was not happy. I start reloading. He just stands there. He's just, whoops, he just stands there. And I'm loading that gun up. And I put the cap on, and then he runs. Classic, uh, right? Every time. Yeah. Classic. Every time. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take off him up the mountain. He nice and easy. Never ran real hard. Big ones don't have a reason to run real hard. Couple hundred yards, and then back to boom, 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 boom. Just keep moving. He pulls up the hill, joins a brook for a little ways, does a hook and stops. And then up the hill a little farther, sees me coming, does a hook and stops. I swing a little bit, hoping on the second or third, third jump now, the swing I make comes right into him. And he's doing the lefty hook, lefty hook, lefty hook nearly every time. So I'm watching for that downwind lefty hook. It just keeps doing it all the time. And now I start mm, the terrain. He's going to do it. He wants to watch me. He wants to see me. And if I'd have slowed down a little bit, I'd have shot him. But I was too eager, too fast, too a little too much. Well, if you keep hitting him and keep hitting him and bouncing him and bouncing him, right? You can't keep doing it. You got to shoot him. Right? <laughs> I learned a lot from him. Slow down and shoot him. Just go easy. You don't want to chase him all over the countryside, especially if you know he stops. And this one just kept stopping, and I didn't pick up on that. I should have been picking up on that. I did pick up on the left hooks. I started predicting the left hooks. And some of them, I didn't see him in the hook, but I predicted the spot and walked right to the end of the hook. Mm -hmm. He'd go do the hook, then take off again. So there'd be this big hook in the track every time. I, I like to think of some of the tracking jobs from a God's eye view looking down on it, right? Think of yourself while you're tracking a deer in a God's eye view from, from far above. Now, if you're about to close the distance and you were God, what would you be saying to yourself? Ooh, go easy. You're almost there. You're almost there, right? You're looking down on this situation, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of the same thing. And it also shows you a pattern. Bass bite to a pattern, right? Right? There's tons of pattern in nature, and I want to notice the pattern of this particular deer, of this particular landscape, and how I fit, and how this will all come together. So I start seeing these, and what he does, and why he does hooks where he does, now I can start predicting it. And I was predicting the hooks on a steady basis. And a couple of times when he really kicked it, ooh, I was close. Oh, I was close. Almost. 25 yards. I got within 25 yards of him three different times. Right, and in, in a 25-yard, you should have shot him. You should have got him by then, right? When you're 25 yards from yep. a deer, unless it's like over, over a hill or yeah. something like that, you should be shooting him. Right. You should have seen something. You should have been. I and now I'd have been. Man, you're screwing <laughs> up. You yeah. should have been seeing it. But that deer taught me so much. Mm. He brings me to other deer to get rid of me. I get to the other deer. He's not with him. So I move into them and they all scatter and I hope they don't go down the track and screw things up and alert him 
to what's going on, and the first time it did, right, he stands back, watches them scatter, and say, oh, here comes Rodney again, and off he goes, <laughs> right? He goes, does another hook, then he goes, all of a sudden does a 90 right out of nowhere and goes up this completely wrong towards a road, no good reason to go that way. And I went, ooh, here we go. And I go up the bank, and I'm real creepy and careful, and he does a little bit of a hook. The road's coming up. does a little bit of a hook, and I look, and there's a deer bedded right there. And I'm like, gotcha. And I put the barrel down, and I, it's, it's bedded down, and it's facing straight away from me. So I, I just ease down, and I look at the head, and it's a four-pointer. And I'm like, you bugger. <laughs> right? He brought me to that little buck. He smelt him from way up the hill yep. and said, here, eat him. Yep. Mm. I looked down at that little buck. It's the last Saturday of muzzleloader season in Vermont. Now, this is a giant basin with a huge hardwood all the way up the other side. And I'm standing there, and I got that. And it's muzzleloader, right? It's the end. End of all seasons. <laughs> He's going to die if that thing isn't here. And it's 4 o'clock. I look up on that hill, and there he goes. Ka-tunk, ka-tunk, ka-tunk. He's got to be 500 yards from me. Oh, and I can see him. see him going up through those woods. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> Give him the finger. <laughs> Today's not your day. <laughs> Pow. <laughs> and he's laughing all the way up to the spruces probably. And this poor little buck, yeah. right, took it in the back of the neck, never even knew it was coming, deader than a hammer, never got out of his bed. It was over right there and literally like, 15 feet from him. Not a that bad buck. consolation prize. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's the one that taught me so much, yeah. right? The one that got away. And every deer that gets away, those are the ones that teach you. I they was just going to say that. Amount. The ones you get, you really aren't learning too much. I mean, I don't think it's, you, you do, but not like the ones that get away. Mm. Those All, are the ones. And I, I think maybe you remember it so much because it hurts. That's what, yeah. yeah. Burns it right hurts. Yeah. That big one that just walked away. Yeah. I'm screaming at him. Yeah. And he's walking. Yeah. And he can't hear me in those leaves. I'm like, hey, hey, stop. I just want him to stop walking so I can shoot him. Please, yeah. just stop. <laughs> and then when he does, it's behind a tree. <laughs> and I'm watching down through 200 yards down through the hardwoods. The, th the biggest rack I've ever seen in Vermont. Oh, it's a monster. And then he goes back to walking again. Ah, crunch, crunch. No! Ah! And then stops again behind another tree. And I'm like, come on, just nice and easy. And I'm all ready to roll. And I can shoot. That thing should be dead. And he stays behind that tree and goes, katunk, katunk, katunk. And I listen to him run all the way up the other side, six, 700 yards away. Boom, 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 boom. And oh, that one hurt. That yeah, one hurt. It hurts so much. Do you think it was, about it, man? Oh, right. But when. Pain is one of the things that helps you remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Embrace the pain. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Not easily done. No, but the, the tracking stories, the ones that get away, I'm telling you, that's where a lot of the lessons are really. Burns it right in. Burns it right in. Oh, no, sure. Because yeah. you don't have to go through that mistake. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't have yeah. to relive that in real life. Right. That's the beauty of being a human being. And the, the best part about the memory thing. Mm-hmm. It, it elevates evolution faster. You get there way quicker, right? Because we can share stories. Mm -hmm. You can share experiences. Now your learning curve exponentially better. Mm. Never has there been so much tracking information on the internet ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So easily accessed at any minute. Yep. 
and it's entertaining. You can't wait to let what's going on, boom, 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 and you yep. can watch it and you can get from it. it this fella shoots a 265 first tracking job ever, 150 inches of horns. Minnesota. I want to say Minnesota, either that or Wisconsin. Goes out, shoots this monster. I did what you said. I just walked up to it and I grunted. And it just stood there, and I shot it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And he sent me this picture. It's a monster. Oh, that thing, a deer of a lifetime. Yeah. Just, that thing's huge. And he's out in the snow with that thing, and had a boy, right? <laughs> Even if one person walks away with that, that made the whole channel worth it. Yep. Right? It yeah. makes the whole listen to it worth it. And you got to have some takeaways. Yep. And the appreciation that we have for all the people who have paid so much attention to us, like super appreciate that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's great. And we'll take it all, take the criticism, take the <clears throat> praise, take it all. It's all the same. Oh, yeah. It's all the same. It's good. And yep. we, we love it. And mm -hmm. it's us and we do as we do. And then I hope everybody does as they do, you know, yep. Yep. and some things will do well. Some things will fail, but it's okay. Yeah. Some things should fail. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I had no idea all the trouble that deer would get me into. Like if I had to make a flag, it would have a mountain on it, right? You have to climb the mountain. That's what life is. You climb mountains. I would have the tree, right? The tree is life, right? It really is for the mountain and for the deer, right? And what I've gotten from it, there's got to be a deer on there too. I mean, geez, look what deer have done for me. They've made me somebody more, more malleable, more change my hat, more mm -hmm. able to do and go and be and and have fun doing it it's my heaven mm -hmm. it's sure. donnie vincent's heaven right when when the caribou and the ocean waves right that's the heaven he's chosen and he lives it and anybody's miserable they probably picked that hell and now they're living it right yep. mm -hmm. if there's no actual heaven and hell and everything's here well and you're screwing it up you got a problem yeah <laughs> you don't want to do that right yeah. change yeah <laughs> right yeah, for sure and so just live the dream and just do it next thing you know there it is and don't take no for an answer and next thing you know you've got a great big deer in your hands <laughs> when larry wrote that book how to get the biggest buck of your life well it may not work for every single person but boy man did it make a difference I couldn't put that book down. And that was the only thing out there. At the time, there was nothing else. Aside mm -hmm. from deer camp and mm -hmm. some, some fellas you knew that wanted to share things with you. That's awesome. I've gotten so much out of everybody else that if I don't do some payback, a good way I'm not a good it. part of the system. Yeah. Yep. Right? I yep. can do some payback. Right. And, it, and if people come away with something cool, that's great. Mm -hmm. And then after that, well, I guess... It's, it's kind of humbling. I, I, people come in and they start naming my deer. I don't know them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's weird. That's kind of weird for them to say, oh, this is that one and this is that one. But you go to watch Batman to be Batman for a few hours. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Right? Yeah. To share and yeah. be the other person for a little while because you can relate to them. And so all of us kind of relate to Larry, right? Yep. And his sons. Yep. Right? We, we relate to your family. Mm -hmm. Right? I watch you come in with your boy. Oh, yeah. What a relatable thing. Right? We teach a hunter safety course, right? And all the kids and everybody's in here. Some new hunters for the first time ever. Somebody who's never fired a firearm before. Right? Never shot high power. And I get to go through that experience with them. 
What an amazing thing. They gave, I got so much because people did it with me. Gino Sassy, right? Taught me my hunter safety. You always remember that. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm giving back a little bit. And I think all of us should be doing that. It's like a rite of passage where you give back to what you love so much. Mm -hmm. And it's about the loving it and not so much about the having or right, needing to possess. Hunting's pretty possessive. It's what antis don't like. Mm -hmm. It's so possessive. Even other hunters right. in my area. Right? Mm. Yep. You're possessing something you don't own. Yeah. <laughs> right? He shot my buck. Right? Yeah. 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 Right? We got to get yeah. over that just oh, a yeah. little bit. And yeah. there's more than enough. Yeah. That wall is proof. There's more than enough good buck out there. Oh, yeah. There's oh, yeah. one for everybody yeah. who wants to shoot one. Right. There really yeah. is. Puts the time in. And yeah. there's more. Oh, yeah. There's more than that. Nature is loaded with abundance. It's an abundance theme, not a lack theme. I yeah. just. Oh, yeah. There are some days I like. I'm not real proud of the human race. Right, we're yeah. supposed to be intelligent here. Yeah, <laughs> my God. I used to get discouraged when I was a little kid, uh, when a lot of people like around my area would be shooting bucks, and my dad would always tell me, "He's like, they'll never get them all, bud. They'll never get them all." And you know what? It's <laughs> it's true. It is. You yeah. know, it's easy to get discouraged whenever you know Timmy shot, shot a big buck, and then John got a big buck, and then you know the other mm -hmm. person down the road got one. It's real easy to fall into that. You know. Getting all depressed and whatnot, yeah. but easy to identify with. Yeah. yeah. And then you ask yourself, do I really identify with that? Am I really a loser because I hunted for a whole month straight and right. only saw five deer? No. No. You hunted a month straight. Yeah. In some of the worst places to even try and kill a deer, much less right. walk. Right. Right? The walking, my God. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But we managed, right? In those cold days of getting out of bed, right? You have to measure measure your success at a level that that right represents you mm -hmm. and if you're not happy well that's your fault that's right. you don't like what you're shooting mm, that's your fault yeah. you gotta take credit for it mm -hmm. don't give yourself hell for it right right but take credit for some of your problems you caused them yeah for sure. i posted all my land and somebody stole my camera mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. whose fault's that <laughs> yep. right when you know it happens yeah right yep and you may expect different but if you put your expectations on others now you're really screwed and if yeah. your feelings are all in that department too and you're an anti and you, you can't you can't wrestle your own feelings how's that going to work out for you right for sure. yep. if you make others responsible for how you feel you're, you're in trouble you'll, you'll feel bad most of your life because they, they won't come down. through they won't come through for time. you that's right yep, yep. right and yeah. you can't measure yourself by those means. The identifying, right, is a big thing. And you don't want to identify too closely all the time with everything. Mm -hmm. I do my best not to do that. Yeah, I'm Rodney Elmer today, but I could very easily be somebody else, right? We, we practiced that when we were kids. We pretended, mm -hmm. right? You, you drove, I'm the dump truck driver, you're the greater driver, right? So you play that role, and now you're empathetic. Not only to the bear and what he goes through, but to the houndsman, right? You're, you're empathetic to the person who's feeling bad and the person who's not caring. Yeah. You can mm -hmm. understand both sides of that. Now you're open, right? And when you got an open mind and an open heart, that's how you hunt. Every Indian in the world always said you need an open heart, yeah. right? Not this mean, cruel, closed yeah. up thing, Yeah. right? I watch hunting and I see it in every form possible and there's days I just shake my head.
Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. of the faces that it has need improving. Mm-hmm. And we're better than that in a lot of ways. Yeah. So what yeah. are you going to do? I got one more question for you, then we'll kind of wrap it up from there. Sure. What would you say? So all the years you've hunted and stuff, what do you think it is that you appreciate most about big woods hunting and, and tracking? What do you think it is? I try not to have that bring tears, right? <laughs> the freedom, right? The deer is not penned up by anything. Those those landmarks, they don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Right? The absolute freedom coupled with my ability to handle anything that comes along. Right? Don't you want to be able to handle anything that comes along, no matter what? You're a master of all. Yeah. Right? We all want to be able to do that. I want to be able to handle everything a deer throws at me, everything the weather throws at me, everything my heart throws at me. I want to be able to handle it all and be the master of me. And as soon as I'm the master of me, now the outside bends to me all the time. And the deer just stands there. The snow comes. My friends kill deer. Right? <laughs> right? It just, it all starts lining up. Now it's meaningful. Right? You want it to be meaningful. If it's not and it's superficial, man, what good's that? Yeah. So the freedom, right? I'm, I like to think of myself as a wolf. There's all kinds of different predators. You know, the cat stalks, and, 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 right? The owl, right? The tree stand, right? I want to just walk out into that herd of buffalo and just shove them a little bit <laughs> and then just... Let's see who's feeling good today. Let's stretch our legs a little bit. Ba-boom, a little more. Ba-boom, a little more. Oh, you, right here. Boom, right? And the bison's laying there, and everybody else comes running up, and everybody else feels good, mm-hmm. right? I want to be a wolf. Don't want to be chained down. Make my own decisions. Go where I please. Do as I please. But treat it all like it's mine, like I care about it. Yep. It has to in it. That part is crucial, that I treat it like it's mine. Not that it's mine away from you, but uh, it's mine. And I'm only here for a little while, but I get to use it. And I would not throw my candy wrappers out Mm -hmm. at 3,000 feet. It ain't happening just because nobody's watching. Wouldn't do that kind of stuff. I'd pick up the beer can so Mm -hmm. that I can get it back down to the truck. So the next time I go back up there, I don't have to look at that, the balloon, right? Mm -hmm. So when I treat it as mine and I don't go digging it all up and don't drive where I'm not supposed to and share it with everybody else, that's what keeps it valuable for me. And and wildness needs a place in man. I kind of like wild people. I've met a whole bunch of them since covid I met a whole bunch of domestic ones too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I want somebody who thinks for themselves. I want my children sharp, yep. noticing, paying attention, seeing what's going on and going, Ooh, somebody's out here. Yep. Right? They notice there's four trucks out here today. Right? We're driving up the road at 40 miles an hour. And my kids can look out and say, hmm, looks like four rigs out here today. Maybe five. Go a little farther. There's a fifth one. Right? I like that. Right? (laughs) To notice that kind of Sherlock Holmes, the investigation, the adventure of the unknown. I don't want to see what that deer looks like. I could care less. I don't care what it looks like. Doesn't matter. I don't care how many of them are in there or whatever. I don't claim any of them. 
there's a couple I'd like to shoot. We've got a little history. I'd like to line up with that thing, but it might not be mine. Got to be careful, right? So I'll go mining and go looking. I like that adventure that it brings. I like the unknown. Mm-hmm. Unknown plays a huge role. If we had everything our way, what would we end up wanting? If you got your every wish, after a while, you would wish for no more wishes, hey, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you're learning to master what you've got going on. Right. There's a philosophy to it that will work ingeniously over and over for nearly everyone if you just apply it. Mm-hmm. And you, you learn that through that wildness. We need our wild. Mm-hmm. We need wild places. We need kind of wild people in a way, in a way. Responsible. Right. You still got to be responsible to yourself and to the other fellows you hunt with and to the world and to nature. Right. Give back. Be part of a working system. I like what works. Mm-hmm. I listen to enough crap all the time of what doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's foolishness, right? This is a logic, science-based universe. This is how planet Earth works. You dream, you take the appropriate action at the right time, and the miracle is in your hands. Your pickup truck or anything you ever got in your whole life, you dreamt about it, you did the right things, and it's in your hands. Yep. Okay, this is planet Earth. That's how it works. If you use it and apply it to everything you do and you don't take no for an answer, next thing you know, it's there. you got it. Come to it, yep. right? it and, mm-hmm. and if you keep it that simple, keep it wide and simple, keep track and simple, it's simple, it's easy. Yeah. Follow the deer, walk up to it and shoot it. You may have to move him three times. You may have to get him in the right spot for you to be able to do that. But, hey, that's part of the game. You didn't, yep. you didn't turn it down. You just kept after it. Next thing you know, oh, there it is. Boom. Yep. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. What more could keep your spirits up? What more yeah. could lay the deer down? Yep. Mm-hmm. What more could you be satisfied with than you predicting what's going to happen and then it comes true? Yep. Right. Or what you wanted not only came true, but you got extra right? Somebody else was there. It wasn't the deer you thought it was. It was an even better one, right? Like extra comes along all the time. Be ready to accept all gifts with open arms. I'll take them if they want to stand there. You've right? got us all fired up right now. We got to wait like a few more months. Right? This isn't even. And I'm trying not to think about deer season. I'm not ready. I don't have my stuff ready. I got too much to do. I, I do. I, I try not to get wound up about deer hunting. Yeah. But it's hard not to, especially when you talk about it. Oh, and, yeah. And when it, it does mean so much to you. The, in the future, I will probably stop hunting. It's coming. It's coming for me. One day. Like when you mastered the ABCs, do you do your ABCs anymore? Not really. Like when you've gotten all you could kind of wring out of it. No, it won't be me so much. Right? Right. You, yeah. be, you become the guide. Right? Yeah. And then eventually, like... So maybe somebody will help guide you on to the next adventure, mm-hmm. right? Because we're all headed there. Life is short. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's a big deal when you kill something. Yeah. You take the life out of something. It's a big deal. It should be. Yep. It's. Well, we want to thank you for being right. the ba- ambassador that you are. And, and not just yeah. you, your whole family, you know, and well, everything. <laughs> Everything you guys have done and continue to do, not just the videos, but the, you know, helping out with fishing game, teaching hunter safety, putting the message out there. We, we really appreciate it. So I'm glad you do. And yeah, and we appreciate everybody's love for things. Right. And it's a good thing to be part of something so awesome. And you guys, like you guys are the next ones to like 
hand over, right? The new tree in the cut. <laughs> <laughs> and the old the old yellow birch in the back that's still kind of standing there. That's me. Right? Me and Hal, right? And the old birch in the back, right? Right? And that's the way it goes. Yeah. Right? All things. And I don't expect my reflection to stay on the lake, right? I don't expect it to. And it shouldn't. Nobody lives forever. Nobody should live forever. Bottom line is you should come and go and do it gracefully. And I want to do it gracefully. Mm -hmm. And when you share how uh, um, Mark, Mark Shireen and I were talking the other day. And we were, we were talking about how there's like a collectiveness to all of us who kind of do this. We're kind of different from a lot of other hunting cats out there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. And there's a lot of value in it. And we need to find ways to articulate that. For sure. And you have to break new ground in order to say why you do what you do and, and the good that it could do others in society and nature as a whole. Right? We want to appeal to everybody. And yep. you guys are doing the same thing, and it's awesome. And keep it up. Will do. Sweet. So. Don't give up hunting too soon. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. You keep got, on, you keep got on, a keep few more 200-pounders in the eye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it may be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when well, they're standing there, especially. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, so if you guys want to see more Rodney and, and his boys there, uh, subscribe to them on YouTube, Mountain Deer. Yeah. And uh, there's a pile of good videos, good content on there, so you guys should – Go soak that up, and uh, I guess we'll wrap this one up. You guys yeah, have anything hey, thank else? Thank you. Yeah, yeah sounds appreciate awesome. Appreciate it. Yep. 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 Thanks a lot. We'll see have you guys a, on the next one. Have a great weekend. Good luck yeah. hunting this fall, you guys. Sweet. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to sit down with Rodney and record it. Just want to say, if you want to continue to help us support and grow this show, go to Stagger's YouTube channel and subscribe on there. Follow us or like us on our social media pages. Or go to www.staggergear.com and pick up some gear for this upcoming deer season. We really appreciate the support, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.